Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. May his grace and his blessing be with us now and unto the age of all ages, amen. As always, it's a great blessing to see all of you this morning. And our joy is multiplied not only for this synopsis, this gathering of the believers here on Sunday morning for the Liturgy of the Eucharist this morning, and chrismated, that God willing will receive her first Eucharist in the Orthodox Church today. Uh, we feel blessed that we welcome a new member of the church, uh, and we pray that the Lord God may continue to guide her and to guide every believer uh, unto the knowledge of the truth and the working out of their salvation. Today, however, before we celebrate Gloria's uh, first communion and, and her procession at the end, uh, we are confronted with today's gospel, and it came from St. Luke chapter 10, verses 21 through 28. And it ended with a dialogue between our Lord and a certain lawyer who wanted to test him. And he asked our Lord, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And when our Savior asked him to explain the law of Moses, the lawyer summarized the entire spiritual law into only two commandments. First, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And second, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And our Lord answered him, you have answered rightly, do this and you will live. And so today our mother, the Holy Church, reminds us of the important commandments to love God, firstly, and to love one another. Undoubtedly, we are all familiar with these commandments, but our problem is that we oftentimes don't know what it means to love or where we should start. And so this morning, I would like to meditate with you on three characteristics of Christian love, the love that we are to have toward God and toward one another as well. The first quality of Christian love is that it is unselfish. Christian love is unselfish. In his epistle to the Romans, the Holy Apostle Paul wrote the following, Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another. Christian love is unselfish because it gives preference to the other person. In other words, Christian love means taking the honor that is due to you as a person, and offering it freely to someone else. We oftentimes mistakenly think of love simply as affection, as an emotion, as something you feel. And while love is indeed affection, the Holy Apostle calls our attention to the fact that love is more importantly action. It is action. It involves doing something. And when we speak about unselfish love, it involves giving preference to the other person. And this is why St. Paul, in another one of his epistles, the Epistle to the Philippians, he said, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. It is very clear in these verses that the Holy Apostle Paul presents Christian love as something wholly incompatible with self-love, with 
our own ambition, our desire to take care of only ourselves. Any love or preoccupation with the self gets in the way of true Christian love. And this is perhaps why our Lord Jesus Christ, when He commanded us to love our neighbors, He commanded us to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. He did not command us to love them a certain amount or with certain conditions, but instead He teaches us to love our neighbors as ourselves. Because our preoccupation with self is oftentimes what prevents us from loving God and from loving our neighbor. As a result, every form of Christian love begins with letting go of ourselves, letting go of the ego. True Christian love is unselfish. The key to understanding true Christian love is that we have to strive to avoid what we know as pettiness or smallness of soul. Even in Arabic, we oftentimes use this phrase, a sagir nafs, a smallness of soul, because a smallness of soul means that your soul doesn't have room for anyone else. And that is actually literally what the word pettiness means. It comes from, of course, the French, uh, petite, which means smallness. Pettiness is a smallness of soul. And it means that you have no room in your heart, in your soul, in your mind, for anyone besides yourself. And people who suffer from this passion, this ailment, spiritual ailment, they oftentimes find themselves preoccupied with insignificant matters. They fight over the smallest things. They willingly get into jealousies and all kinds of arguments, and they sin not only against God and their neighbor, but against themselves. The opposite of pettiness, smallness of soul, is another word. This one actually comes from the Latin, and that word is magnanimity. Magnanimity. So the word for soul, we get the, the, the suffix uh, animity, the Latin word for soul, uh, comes from, or it's related to the Latin word for soul, and magna, of course, means great or big, like the Magna Carta, right? Uh, it means great. So the answer to a small soul is a big soul, a great soul, a soul that is wide enough or large enough to allow a person not only to love himself, but to love God and others as well. And so this is the first condition or the first characteristic or quality of Christian love. It is an unselfish love. And so if you see yourself preoccupied with yourself, it's going to be very hard for you to show that Christian love to God and others. The second quality of Christian love is that it is sincere. And today we have a lot of uh, etymology, a lot of roots of words, because sincere is also a compound that comes from two Latin words. The prefix sin is Latin for without, without something. And sere literally means wax. So to be sincere literally means without wax. To understand why that word you know, comes you know, from those uh, two Latin words, we have to understand that in earlier times, when people sent a letter, let's say in an envelope, they would seal it with wax and stamp it. And so to be sincere is to be without wax, like an open vessel, like an open envelope, so to speak. That's what it means to be sincere. 
Christian love should be sincere. Following the words of the Holy Apostle Paul in Romans 12, let love be without hypocrisy. This means that our love for God and for one another should be free from all deceit. All of us, to be honest, at some points in our lives can be guilty of deception in love for God and for one another. The classic example, let's say, is a person who showers us with affectionate words, but in his heart he has nothing but hatred and evil against you. Sometimes we are even guilty of this when we uh, say that we love God. We profess that we love God with our mouths, but when it comes time for action, let's say the church has started fasting, or let's say I need to forgive someone who uh, did something against me that I consider unforgivable. When it comes time for that action, we say we love God with our lips, yes. But when it comes time for the action of love, we're nowhere to be found. It's too hard. You know, leave me be. I want to just simmer in my anger and in my hate. And so we oftentimes are guilty of not being sincere in our love towards one another and towards God. But it's important in order to have Christian love, that love be sincere. Because even though we can deceive ourselves and we can convince ourselves that we are truly loving when we are not, the truth is that we can never deceive God. And the Lord says, you will know them by their fruits. Insincerity in our love destroys whatever good we have done. St. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 13, the famous love chapter, he tells us that if I do amazing things, I perform miracles, but I don't have love, and here we can say sincere love, whatever I do is nothing. And so the absence of love can destroy whatever good we have done. That means it is possible, for example, for a servant to come to the church and to render the best service, to give the best lesson, to sing the most complex hymn. But if he does these things without love, it means nothing. It means nothing. Love, Christian love, must be sincere. A modern Greek Orthodox elder, he teaches us that prayer without sincere love is like a beautiful bird with her wings clipped. She looks beautiful and she has the appearance that she can soar to the greatest heights, but no matter what she does, she cannot ascend to the heavens because her wings are clipped. And so love that is not sincere is our equivalent of clipped wings. We have to have sincere love so that our prayer and, the, and, and our spiritual lives can ascend. The third and final quality of Christian love, at least that we will speak about this morning, is that Christian love is illuminating. It is illuminating. If you read Romans 12, you will notice how the Holy Apostle Paul, immediately after he exhorts us to ensure our love is sincere, he tells us to abhor what is evil, abhor what is evil, and cling to what is good. Of course, this is something that we all hopefully know as Christians. But what is interesting is the way the Holy Apostle Paul ties this to Christian love. The message that Paul is giving us is that the one who has Christian love will be illumined. 
he will see the difference between evil and good, good and evil clearly. And one of the things that constantly confuses Christians even today is how do we respond to evil? How do we respond to the evil that is all around us? We oftentimes think that Christian love should always be polite and diplomatic in the face of evil, but I respectfully disagree with that point. There can be no such thing as Christian love without a measure of hatred as well. You need to hate in order to love. You never hate a person, but you always hate the sin. You always hate the devil. You always hate the temptation. In order for us to truly love, we must also learn how to hate. And this is why St. Paul, when he wrote this in Romans, in Greek, he used a very strong word. He used the word that's translated in English, abhor. But if you look it up in the Greek, it, it's really translated to utterly detest, to utterly detest something evil. And so in the context of speaking about Christian love, Paul tells us to utterly detest whatever is evil. We cannot love as Christians until we recognize and abhor what is evil. And this is an important lesson for us today because we're living in a secular society full of sin and evil. And as Christians, we oftentimes make a mockery of our Lord's mercy by going along with all of the evil that is around us and saying in our hearts, we are Christians, therefore we must love and accept everything around us. While it is true that yes, we love everyone, it is absolutely not true that we love every action and that we love everything around us because many of the things around us are evil. They are evil. Loving as a Christian means we reflect God's love to those who commit sins all around us, but at the same time we utterly detest the sin itself. And we pray that the Lord might deliver the person we love from this sin. Loving as a Christian means we reflect God's love to those who commit sins around us, but at the same time, we detest their actions as evil. So we show mercy to the person, but not to the person's sin. And I say to my beloved brothers and sisters who are parents that this is an especially important lesson that we need to instill in our children because the temptations that surround them are many. If you do not teach your children from a young age to abhor what is evil and utterly detest sin, even as they love the sinner, you will eventually have to deal with the consequences of those sins in your children's lives. You have to teach them from a young age. Detest sin, love the person. And it has to go hand in hand because sometimes we make the mistake of teaching them to detest both the sin and the person. But that is wrong too. That is not Christian. We must love the person no matter what they're doing, no matter even what they do to us. We must love the person because the person is made in the icon, the image of God. We must love the person, but we must also hate the sin. True Christian love is a love that clings to what is good, but also utterly detests what is evil if we have this love, we will be illumined to understand 
what is good and evil, and we can respond as Christians. May God grant each and every one of us that we may show these qualities of Christian love in our lives, in our love for God, and in our love towards one another. Glory to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, both now and ever, and unto the age of all ages. Amen. Amen.